Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Is your school going to mandate that you get your kid the COVID vaccine? You're thinking the COVID vaccine? The president himself said the pandemic's over. Well, the CDC's recommending it. Schools may demand it. Lots of info on that coming up later this hour. Wow, that is going to be uh, loggerheads. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Looking forward to talking about that. Got an email the other day. It was uh, in response to us bringing up Portland Mayor Ted Weasel. Uh, Wheeler, I'm sorry. Wheeler is how you pronounce Ted Weasel. His name. <laughs> We've been a thorn in the side of the mayor for some time now as he has been attempting to passive his way out of Antifa rioting for 150 nights in a row, committing acts of violence uh, against cops, uh, arson, vandalism, looting, that sort of thing, not standing up for it, letting Portland go to hell like so many cities, particularly on the West Coast, but not exclusively, letting these junkie camps sprout up everywhere. Thinking compassion without order is the way to solve the the junkie and mental illness problems. It's It will never work. It has never worked, and we've been trying to make that point. Well, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler announced plans to ban unsanctioned homeless encampments in the crime-riddled city, calling the crisis, quote, a vortex of misery for all involved. As opposed to the sanctioned homeless encampments. Yeah, which is a a decent topic, too, and we can talk about that. But the magnitude and the depth of the homeless crisis in our city is nothing short of a humanitarian catastrophe, Wheeler said. We need to move our scattered, vulnerable homeless population closer to the services that they need. Collectively, this is a vortex of misery for all involved. Now, Teddy Boy is not yet fully recognized that the problem is a meth problem, a drug problem primarily. It is people who've decided to drop out of society thinking, I want to sleep in tents and be high all day long and never have to show up for work. That's not everybody, but it's a lot of them. And if you were, and this is the Joe Getty philosophy for this sort of thing, which Jack uh, shares mostly, if you were to make it impossible to be a useless, lazy junkie, yeah. the truly mentally ill, dispossessed, unable to take care of themselves type would stand in much starker relief, and you could help them. But because you've decided it's okay to be a meth head and sleep on a sidewalk and crap all over the place and whatever, it looks like it's a different problem than it is. Crap all over the place or whatever. Man, yeah. what's the word ever? That's a quick, that's a quick summary. Whatever must really be nasty. The mayor's resolution calls for moving the homeless to at least three designated campsites, with the first opening within 18 months of securing funding. Within 18 months to put up a freaking campsite. They built the Hoover Dam at the height of the Depression like two years. In an hour. Under the plan, the camping sites would initially be able to serve up to 125 people and provide access to services such as food, hygiene, litter collection, treatment for mental health, and substance abuse. I'm not against any of that, but... You're making it as easy and effortless as possible to be a junkie. I wish, if I was a billionaire, there's lots of interest. I would, I think I mostly would do if I was a gazillionaire, like really, really, really rich. I would do lots of social experiments that uh, are, are too expensive 
or people don't want to do because they don't want to know the results. Mm-hmm. Like, a good one would be, I would love to know, because I don't know actually know the answer to this, but I certainly have a guess. But I would love to know for the majority of people that I drive by living on the street, if you said, hey, we'll set you up with a job. It's not going to be a job you like. I mean, it's going to be kind of a, you know, not not pleasant job. You're going to work in a cubicle and you're going to have to type and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that reminds me. Do you live, do you work in a toxic workplace? That answer coming up later. But it's going to be a job. You'll have a job and you'll make X number of dollars. You'll be able to afford an apartment and mm-hmm. you'll be able to live on that. Yeah. How many people would choose a not very fulfilling job? As opposed to their lifestyle of living on the street. Is that the majority? L- laying around in a tent, getting high, no responsibilities, and, and soaking up the services that Ted Wheeler is talking about. Um, I don't think you'd get 25%. Yes. I could be wrong, but I don't think you would. I mean, and, and part of my evidence for that is that uh, workplaces all over, everywhere, are desperate for workers. So that job is out there. That you're describing. Particularly, you know, get a roommate. Anyway, uh, you know, part of my philosophy for new listeners, listeners to the show is, uh, as uh, the good book taught us, I am a sinner. I am pulled by temptation all the time. Oh, oh, oh. You want to hear about it? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> and often what got me on the straight and narrow or got me to resist sin or bad decisions is that the negative repercussions would suck. I didn't want them. I don't come at this as some high and mighty, perfect person preaching. I come at it from the opposite point of view. You know, why didn't I want to be a useless pothead? Because it would disappoint everybody who loved me. I would be a failure. I would be looked upon as a failure. I wouldn't be able to make a living. And Well, how about we design a society where you can be that useless pothead and never even show up to some crappy part-time job? Just lay in a tent all day. You think that make that yields fewer useless junkies? You're a fool. Anyway, uh, so uh, we could go into the Ted Wheeler stuff a little bit more. Um, under the proposed measure, social workers would direct the homeless to the city's designated camping sites. Police could arrest or cite them if they refused to go. Uh, and there's a little more to it, but I wanted to get to this email from uh, Ross. Uh, guys, you can imagine my ears perked up when you mentioned Portland, since Portland is my home, or at least it was. I moved slightly south a couple of years ago to avoid the tent junkies and rampant crime. But I still work in Portland, spend the vast majority of my time there. Here's just a random day working in Portland as a truck driver. 8 a.m., stopped at a traffic light, a rando gal gets up from a bus stop bench, pulls her pants down, and poops right on the sidewalk. Oh, God. In broad daylight as people walk around her. Remember when... Uh, what is Johnny Depp? Is, is this his coffee break or what? Fecal matter. Thank you, Johnny. When Sam and I were in Portland to see that full eclipse years ago, that's when I was walking down the street and the woman turned around. She had a very large ass, uh, which factors into the story. But she turned around and she pulled down her sweatpants and she just urinated on the street and it was like a fire hose. And because of the size of her, it looked like a horse. Because I living on a farm with a horse, I know what it looks like on a horse piece. Yeah. A female horse. And it yeah. looked exactly like that. Wow. But it was just like a fire hose on the street. Wow. And I, I, I distracted Sam, who was like five at the time. I mean, he was hey, look young. at that tree over yeah. there. It's got yeah, it's leaves like, and a bird. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Because I didn't want to see that. It was just 
shocking to me. I mean, I, I've been around a little bit, but that was just shocking on just a regular city street. So there's more. This happened in broad daylight as people walked around her, as though this is a regular occurrence and somehow normal. 10 to 12 p.m., driving through Portland with my head on a swivel, dodging several tent junkies that just wander out into traffic with zero regard to their surroundings, while listening to local news reports of several pedestrian versus car or truck or train accidents around the city. It's all just rando junkies stumbling into traffic or onto train tracks. Yeah, I assume that's the real reason that in California, Gavin Newsom decriminalized jaywalking. Yes. Yeah, that and just black people disproportionately got cited for jaywalking. So that's proof of racism. Uh, let's see, where was I? Ah, 2 p.m., entering I-5 from an on-ramp downtown. Notice a man waving a gun in one of the myriad junkie camps strewn about the city. There are actually, what does it say? This article said uh, 700 encampments around the city. Oh, and the... Homeless, quote-unquote, population has spiked 50% since 2019, when Portland really put their compassionate uh, bums and junkies programs into effect. If you're listening somewhere in the country where you don't have this, you can't imagine it. I mean, because I live here and have watched it occur, and I'm still shocked on a daily basis when I see it. And I think, oh, my God, look at that overpass. Yeah. Enter, oh, we were entering I-5. You got uh, a junkie waving a gun about. He looked deranged and unaware of his surroundings. I called 911. After 10 minutes on hold, yes, I said 10 minutes for a 911 call. I informed the police dispatcher of the situation. Didn't seem like she was all that interested. I doubt they sent anyone. I'm sure they didn't. While waiting on hold, sitting in gridlock traffic, I couldn't help but notice two more junkie hobos on the side of the freeway engaged in a lewd act. I'm trying to be delicate, but they were having sex right on the shoulder of I-5 while traffic inches by, completely indifferent to their surroundings. I could more easily have sex in front of people than poo. I haven't considered either, so I would have to think about it for a while. Well, why don't you? We'll give you a second. Civilization is crumbling. Well, yeah. Yes, that's a breakdown in civilization. If you could, this is in one day. Yes. If you can in oh, one more, day... It's not even afternoon yet. <laughs> if you can in one day well, see human beings defecate in the open around other people and make love... <laughs> I assume they were making love. I assume they're a committed couple <laughs> deeply in love. Sure. And make love in front of other people. That's that's just that's a complete breakdown to our base needs and activities. The sort of tender lovemaking that meth heads engage in on the roadside. Yes. <laughs> Right on the shoulder of I-5 while traffic inch by, completely indifferent to their surroundings. Once I get past the traffic backup, I could clearly see that the backup was caused by yet another rando junkie bum meandering through the traffic lanes, just stumbling about on the freeway, high as F, walking around on I-5. Now, I see that every day. During normal times in a normal city, any one of these events would be considered shocking and abhorrent. But here in the vortex of misery, we call that Thursday. This just can't continue. As you guys have always said, if something can't go on forever, it will stop. The Pearl District downtown, once a thriving upper-scale area with many snazzy restaurants and shopping boutiques, now looks like a dystopian hellscape. Businesses boarded up, abandoned cars up on blocks, stripped of tires and engine and windows bashed out. Streets lined with tents and zombie RVs with drug-crazed junkies roaming about like the walking dead. Starbucks finally closed its Pearl District store the other day. You their line was halfway around a block in years past. Anyway, uh, 
closed the other day due to concern for the safety of the staff. It's pretty much a ghost town now. Good job, Ted Weasel. It's almost like Portland said to San Francisco, hold my latte. (laughs) The city of roses has become the city of roaches. Hopefully the pendulum is starting to swing the other way. One can only hope. Good day, Jensen. God bless America. Russ from Portland. Russ, that is brilliant and well done. Thanks, bud. Yeah, that's good. It's absolutely incredible. Breakdown of civilization. I didn't even get to L.A. with their $700,000 per unit homeless housing that they're trying to build. $700,000 per human. More on that later. And plus, will that lead to less or more homeless people is the problem. If I'm a junkie, I'm moving straight to L.A. Right. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. After making the runoff in the second leadership contest in as many months, it's second time lucky for Britain's new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. Sunak inherits a party at its lowest level of popularity in a generation, changing Prime Ministers at a pace never seen. Yeah, three Prime Ministers in seven weeks. He's the youngest Prime Minister in Great Britain's history. He's 11 years old. In fourth grade. <laughs> That's young. Yeah. Actually, I hear the guy's super sharp. He's a realist. Uh, you know, people are optimistic. Good looking. One of the richest people in Great Britain. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Went to super fancy schools like all the prime ministers. Like all the prime ministers have gone to the same school, yeah. practically. Yeah. That's an interesting class thing they have going on in Great Britain. Well, and it's so funny. The American media going on and on about he is the first uh, person of color. It's the grandson of immigrants. He's richer than God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're worth, he and his wife are worth almost a billion dollars. Wow. Wow. And he's 42 years old. He's not actually 11. I was exaggerating for comedic purposes. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> so I got on the topic coming up. Um, it's going to be mandatory that your kid get vaccinated with the COVID vaccine to go to school. If, and do you work in a toxic workplace? Oh, boy. These are all tough questions. Um, got on the subject with my kids the other day of what old is. I don't remember how we got on this topic. <laughs> so I started Googling The it. way I feel right now. <laughs> so I started Googling it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like doctor shopping, and I'm looking for OxyContin. I'm, I'm, looking for, I'm looking for the information that's going to feel make me feel better. So, I mean, I came across uh, various opinions that had old at a younger age. But here's, hmm. like, the official government standard for old. Wow, I didn't know there was one. Factors in with policies and insurance rates and all kinds of different things. Hmm. Old people are getting older, which is not surprising um, because of health and lifespans and all that sort of stuff. Prominent economics professor at Stanford University suggested if your chance of dying within the next year is 1% or less, you be considered middle-aged. With this chart showing that the threshold for men transitioning beyond middle age has increased from about 44 in the 1920s. Oh, wow. You just, at 45, you went from middle age to old. Holy cow. Based on your chance of dying. Wow. Which is not a bad way to do it, actually. It's a pretty solid standard. It's about 60 today. I wouldn't call dying a squishy measure. <laughs> right. Well, you're... Yeah. 
so it's 60 today. It was 44 in the 20s. Today it's about 60 that you transition from middle age to old at about 60, which sounds about right to me. Hmm. If your chance of dying within the next year is 2% or more, you are old. So for old for men, increased from about 55 in the 20s to 70 today, they say the average of old. So there you go. That probably sounds about right. Interesting. Um, so, but 2%, so one out of 50 60 year olds die? I don't think that's right. I don't know. Or is it 2% as an individual? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that great at stats. Um, so 50 now is considered middle age today. It would have been very old in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. 65 is merely old today, which it would have been very old, very, very old back in the day. Yeah, well, and just what you mean by old, I hang out with plenty of people in their 60s and and 70s, for that matter, who are having a great time. I think old, you pictured, you know, back when we were kids, if you were old, you were broken down, you had one foot in the grave, you know, it just, it was not a pleasant thing. So your measure is how much fun you're having? Oh, yeah, honestly, how vital you are, how Mm -hmm. much you're getting out of life. I'm not saying that's a bad measure. I just don't know what the measure should be. How your knees feel? Are you having fun? Your chance of dying? Not good, and yes. Your chance of dying this year? I guess that factors in. But Anyway, those are higher numbers than I've heard most places, so I'm going to go with those. Yeah, yeah. Age is just a number, Jack, or something. I don't know. If schools continue to follow CDC guidance like they did during the shutdown, your kid is going to have to get vaccinated against COVID to go back to school. And like 95% of parents ain't done that yet. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Scientists in Japan have gotten closer to finding a cure for baldness after they were able to grow hair follicles in a lab. Well, they actually grew them just outside the lab, then they combed them over into the lab. Hang out. Oh! The comb over, the classic comb over. Mm. Is it making a comeback? I've seen classic baldness kind of making a comeback. I feel like that's a hipster thing now, is to just to have the hair around the sides and be classically bald. Really? Yeah. I've seen that a few places with kind of hipster dudes. I uh, I would do that myself, but I can't grow any hair really. I just really can't. Yeah, mm, lack of character. I don't try hard enough. Um, so I feel like this is flying under the radar. It probably shouldn't. Barry Weiss's Substack included a link to this guy Vinay Prasad, who's an epidemiologist who's trying to alert parents to the fact. Did you know this? See, I'm so over COVID. I never think about it unless somebody forces me to. I don't ever think about it unless I'm in an Uber in Los Angeles where they make you wear a mask still. I uh, I don't ever think about it. On Thursday, this past Thursday, the CDC's advisory committee voted unanimously 15 to nothing to add the COVID-19 vaccine to the country's childhood immunization schedule. That's astounding. That's the schedule that includes measles, mumps, rubella, that the MMR shot, tetanus, diphtheria, if you're a parent, you know all these, the Tdap, all of polio. which have had terrible, tragic, heartbreaking tolls, taken tolls on children through the years. Not COVID. And they are literally vaccines, as he gets into uh, the argument at this point, in that they prevent you from getting something so you cannot spread it where we know that is not true for the COVID vaccine at this point. Right. You can still get it 
even though kids don't really spread it, but you can't make the argument that you have to do this for the for the community because it gives you complete immunity. It doesn't. Yeah, where where these other ones do. Yeah, that's and uh, yeah, yeah. Not to get to parse, but the term immunity people don't understand. There's it's not like legal immunity. Immunity just means you have a better immune response. It doesn't mean you can't possibly get the disease. But some vaccines like you're talking about do give you complete immunity. You're not going to get polio, which right. is which is fundamentally different from You'll get COVID, and you'll spread COVID, but you're extremely unlikely to die from it, which I appreciate. Kids are already extremely unlikely to die oh, from yeah, it. Oh, yeah. They, they woke point. up today extremely unlikely to die of it. Right. Uh, but there are other reasons that this doctor says it. I believe it. Well, he goes on to say with that 15-0 vote, the CDC hasn't officially decided to adopt this guidance, but it's likely it will in the coming weeks since their committee, 15 nothing said yes. Wow. And so far, when they adopt guidance, schools jump. I mean, that's the way it went all through the shutdown. You are so out of touch, CDC. You have no idea what you've done. You've just given away your credibility. Uh, yeah. Um, he gets through a bunch of different things about how it's going to harm uh, uh, poor kids even more if schools do this because... For whatever reason, black and brown communities are less likely to get the vaccine, which means you wouldn't be able to go to school, which means your learning loss would be greater, that sort of stuff. So that's that's one angle of the whole thing. I, I, I think that actually, if, if they go through with this, I think there are going to be schools all across the country which which realize we got no students. So we're going to have to do away with this mandatory vaccine because we got no students. Here. This is surreal to me. I can't believe it's happening. If I were there, I'd have said you're going to have incredibly low compliance and a tremendous amount of resistance. And they would say, why? And I would say, because the kids aren't really at risk from COVID, particularly the new variants. There's no hazard there. So why are you mandating it? And I would love to hear their response. This doctor's argument, uh, the other part of his argument, is that the CDC's gamble could very well hurt vaccination rates more generally in the other diseases we do have to exactly. worry about. Exactly. In an effort to encourage COVID-19 vaccination, the CDC might wind, might wind up lowering vaccination rates for polio and measles. Why? Because by adding COVID-19 shots to the schedule, the CDC is tacitly implying that this new vaccine is as important to kids as the combination MMR1. That is absolutely false, says this epidemic. Amen, doctor. Measles can be a devastating childhood illness, but vaccination provides durable sterilization immunity. Using a specific term to describe it Mm -hmm. that you were talking about. Um, When vaccination rights are high, measles outbreaks can be averted. COVID-19 vaccines, as millions have learned, do not prevent you from getting COVID-19. It's a different thing. Which is a problem, obviously. And the attitude that parents are going to have about vaccines in general, like COVID, you know, if you just start kind of lumping in the measles polio thing with the COVID thing, eh, you know, you don't need it. There's, there's surely there's an ancient saying for what we're talking about. If you lump in something that is much, much less hazardous, hazardous and pretend it's all the same, you've diminished. I mean, it's like um, when, when people constantly compare stuff to the Jim Crow era. Or the Holocaust or something, it diminishes those things in people's minds. You can't compare the COVID vaccine to the polio vaccine. It's horrible. This doctor says one of the worst outcomes of the COVID 
19 vaccination recommendations would be if parents decide it's unnecessary for their kids to get the COVID shot, that they will also skip vital vaccines that have been saving lives for decades. Here's some information I did not know. COVID vaccines do work to lower the risk of severe disease, but for healthy kids, the risk of severe disease is already extremely low. Once a child recovers from COVID, having had the disease itself provides immunity equivalent to, perhaps better than, the vaccine. And currently, the CDC themselves... Estimate that 86% of American children have had COVID. Oh, my Lord. So almost every kid has had COVID, which gives you protection equal to or better than the vaccine. So there's no possible way you could make an argument that you should mandate the vaccine. This is bizarre. I know it is. And and I'm I got the jab. I got the uh, the what do you call it? The boosters. I'm not like some anti-vaccine activist or anti-COVID vaccine act- activist, but this is inexplicable. And this epidemiology... It's cult. It's cultism. It's weird. Unless it's just a profit thing. I mean, is it just that blatant? Oh, boy. It's because gazillions of dollars will trade hands if every kid has to get the vaccine. Um, For this reason, I... Well, and haven't we just learned that every branch of government, these people trade on their knowledge of of policy all the time? All right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the moment the CDC says every school mandates this... How much is the stock for whoever's making this work? Well, how fortunate that I bought some Pfizer stock only yesterday, says the CDC advisory board, all 15 of them. I have no knowledge that that's true. I'm just saying it. So this doctor says, for this reason, I, along with policymakers in many advanced nations, think it is reasonable for a parent to vaccinate their children against COVID and also reasonable not to. Um, and he also goes on to say, the U.S. is profoundly out of step with peer nations. For example, Denmark has ceased to offer vaccinations to healthy kids under the age of 18 and does so only when deemed medically necessary. He enlists a whole bunch of other countries that have abandoned their recommendations for vaccinating healthy children. Right. Well, I, my whole life, Europe was looked to as the guiding light of everything. But during COVID, we abandoned that. Hey, Europe, they're opening their schools. Hey, in Europe, they ain't making the kids get vaccinations. Hey, in Europe, they're not making little kids wear masks. All of a sudden, we're smarter than Europe, um, which I generally thought we were. But the lefties have always looked to Europe as being a, a, a better than us and everything like that, except for when it came to COVID. God, we've but, lost our minds. We have. But to me, that is the overall thing. If damn near nine out of ten kids have had COVID, and that's the CDC's own numbers, how do you recommend a vaccine that is not even as good as the immunity they've got from that? Well, and with all due modesty, I think the case I made very briefly would be persuasive if 0% of kids had had COVID. So it's this, this is to the point of ridiculousness. It was a 15-0 vote in the committee in the CDC, and they're expecting in the next couple of weeks that the CDC will adopt those guidelines, and at least the last two years, schools have adopted those also. That's going to be a problem. Get your squeegee out, Alex, because you're going to have to squeegee my brains off the windows over here. My head's about to explode. Isn't that amazing? I know. I, this is one of the strangest, craziest things I've ever heard. It's almost got to be um, driven by money. It's, it's, you can, how do you come up with any other scientific reason? COVID cultism, but I wouldn't think those people would be, you know... Berkeley, California, the Hamptons, super lefty, anti-Trump cultist to that point. M- money? And I don't know. The Democratic Party owns the seat. I don't know. Got to be money. The good news in there, obviously, is if you have a kid, I have kids. They almost certainly have had COVID. 
and they have immunization, pretty good immunization. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very good news. And, and the chance of them getting seriously sick or dying, dying from COVID is practically none. Practically none. Right. Um, so uh, here in Realityville, where we live, what you're going to see is enormous resistance to this mandate in schools. The schools, the CDC, will rescind the policy because they are going to get teeny compliance. I mean, does it hit 20%? I doubt it. Um, and that will then really undermine the credibility of the CDC, which I don't give a crap about. That'll make them better at their jobs, maybe. But what bothers me, and I'm already seeing this, is your your wackadoodle alterna website can't really filter truth from fiction crowd will start to say, yeah, don't get the polio vaccine either, or rubella, or whooping cough, or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's a damn shame, because if you're familiar at all with the pre-vaccine uh, infant and child mortality rates from these terrible diseases, it was horrifying. Terrible. You spent your kid's childhood praying they didn't die. So don't, oh my God, the CDC. I just, again, my head is going to explode and then I'll be dead. Oh, one more thing I should mention because this is pretty good. He, uh, he points out, bah, 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 bah. he goes through the, the incredibly low percentages of parents who are getting the, um, the vaccine so far. Um, he says, keep in mind to this day, the CDC advises Americans who are exposed to COVID to wear a mask in their own home for 10 days around others. It's no wonder the CDC has badly lost credibility. Do you know that's the current CDC guideline? That's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. I know it. <laughs> Again, so out of touch with reality. You know, I'm glad you threw that in. I'm thinking about this. I love Barry Weiss and, and her Substack. It's worth a subscription, you know, if you're into this stuff. But uh, isn't there some sort of middle ground now being occupied by... It's not a political party. It's not even like a political stance. It's the realist party. The I'm not whipped up into some like pro-Trump cult. I'm not whipped up into an anti-Trump cult. I think I see reality pretty clearly. But our voices don't exist like on Twitter, or at least they're drowned out. What should we call our cable news? The Whigs? What do you want to be called? The Bull Moose Party, clearly. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know the re- the the realist center. I don't know. You, I got a lefty over here. A Democrat wants more government than I do. I can talk to them. We can work it out. We can figure out something. Just not the crazy cult on either side. Hmm. There's got to be a name for that. So, working in a toxic workplace, you're going to tell us if we. I need to know though. I need to know if I do. Oh yes, clearly we do. Oh, it's terrible. Answer these questions, you'll know if you work in a toxic workplace next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Did you also realize at that time that the congressional spending would add to inflation. Did you see that risk then? Well, first first of all, 
government spending does. We have a, uh, a, a pandemic, and that brought down unemployment from 7% to 3.5% now. Uh, it put people back to work, children back in school, inoculations in the arm, and it helped take us through that phase of the pandemic. Yeah, you're never going to get Nancy Pelosi to say, oh, my God, yeah, we poured all sorts of gasoline on the fire of inflation. I mean, it'd be half what it is now or blah, blah, blah. But that's fine. It's politics. The world's dirtiest man has died. Get to that story in hour three. I didn't know that was a thing. Anyway, uh, so according to the Surgeon General, speaking of our beloved health authorities here in this country who are throwing away their credibility as fast as they can, U.S. Surgeon General Vivek H. Murthy... Murthy, Murthy me, warned Thursday that abusive or cutthroat workplaces may be harmful to human health. They don't help. And he laid out a roadmap detailing how employers can shift their workplace cultures and practices to better protect people's mental and physical health. I wish we had time to discuss this uh, in more depth. I don't want to be cynical about this, partly because my daughter, my youngest kid, who's um, in the workforce full time now, uh, worked at a place with a crappy culture and was miserable and didn't understand how miserable she was until she moved to a place with a really good culture. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And thought, oh, my gosh, this is how good it can be. Because uh, she was she would, you know, sit in her car and cry after work. You know, that sort of place. And just uh, thought, OK, this is the workplace. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm not that much of a crier, but... Uh, no, a different sort of crying, drinking at the bar. There you go. There you go. The guy go. version of crying. Exactly. <laughs> drinking yourself into numbness. <laughs> I'm no chick crying. I deal with it productively. <laughs> Through alcohol abuse. <laughs> anyway, the Surgeon General's office, citing the great resignation, quiet quitting, and reported depression or anxiety among American workers, uh, put out some recommendations. Here are five qualities that can predict whether people believe their workplace is toxic, according to the Surgeon General. The culture is disrespectful, non-inclusive, what does that mean exactly, Uh, unethical, cutthroat. Just describe like every place I've ever worked in my life. Or abusive, you idiot. I'm not saying I like it or I'm glad it's that way or enjoyed it or think it did me any good, but I just, you know, then they quote a psychologist who says, and if you think your workplace is toxic, you're probably right. We know as people who work in that environment, it doesn't feel safe or mentally healthy. It really is a gut feeling. You know, I would be fine with that if two of the most brilliant minds of our time, Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt, hadn't written one of the most brilliant pieces of of writing in the past 50 years, talking about how we're teaching our young people mental illness, that they should catastrophize every tiny thing that happens that's wrong with them. I I didn't enjoy my crappy jobs, but I thought, eh, I'll live through it. Yeah, I don't like the term safe or unsafe. Come on. and Unless the boss is coming down the hall wielding a running... Chainsaw. I just, I'm not going to feel unsafe at work. I'm a wood chipper repairman, and there's no time to shut down the machine, so I have to work on it while it's running. They keep soaping the steps next to the wood chipper. <laughs> That's an unsafe workplace. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the boss yelling at you, I think generally the, the you, you, you just, you just learn to like roll your eyes internally so they don't see you. 
You know, I, I am not in favor of any of those things on that list, being uh, disrespectful, non-inclusive, unethical, cutthroat, or abusive. Um, and, well, just for those of you who don't get the joke, anytime I or we are, like, yelling at the staff, it's a joke. It's a great team, great guys. Anyway, um, so I'm not in favor of that stuff, but I think it really, really matters. So the beating wand isn't real? That's real. Bring out the beating wand. That was a regular thing back in the day. That's right. Oh, Anytime. You made a mistake. Bring out the beating wand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, uh, but, uh, so I'm not in favor of any of those things, but uh, I remember thinking, uh, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but it's no big deal. I can handle this because we were brought up in a culture that you're tough, you're strong, you're independent. If somebody's a jerk, that's on them. They being a jerk is they're a jerk, and you roll your eyes and think what a jerk, and you go about your day. Yeah, everybody's got to manage these things uh, for themselves and parents and that sure. sort of thing. But I got I got a, a successful friend, friend of the show. Well, I won't mention his name, but he said that the main thing he wants to have his kids to have is resilience. Yes, I'd way more rather have my kids somehow teach them resilience than teach them to identify a toxic culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you accept. A lot of people are jerks or unfair or abusive or whatever, and that's not on you. That's on them. Pity them. Don't don't think, oh, my God, I can't take it. Although, again, it depends on your emotional life and sure. just the way you're made. I'm not judging people for reacting differently than I do. Everybody is different. but Go to the bar. Uh, yeah, again, numbness. Try it. <laughs> if it doesn't work for you, you may be yoga, but try the bar. <laughs> if you miss an hour... Get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty.